Hey guys, it's your host, Lauren Lemonian. Now, before we get started on our Spitfire podcast episode this week, I have some exciting news to share with you. If you are going to be in the DC area on July 10th, I would love it if you came to my free event. It's all about the pre-release presentation of my upcoming book, Spitting Fire, your guide to reignite and maintain your passion at home, work, and beyond. If you're interested in attending or want to get some more information, head on over to spitfirecoach.com slash book. You can register, you can forward it to a friend, and you can get on the list to get more information on when the book's going to be released. Uncovering your truth and fire, one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach based in Washington, D.C. If you'd like to put the fun back in your business or the passion back in your career, head on over to spitfirecoach.com and schedule a complimentary consultation. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach. I hope you've been enjoying these awesome episodes from the Spitfire Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show or go to spitfirepodcast.com and leave a review, rate us, pass it along, check out all of our amazing episodes with our creative entrepreneurs and passionate professionals. I hope you enjoyed today's show. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I, I am among royalty. She is she's a beauty queen. <laughs> She, she is Miss Virginia. We have Andromeda Peters yes. joining me today. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so for having me. So we are not me. judging on looks because this is a podcast, yes. and we're actually going to talk about the new rules of Miss America, what that means for everything, and also your tie-in with self-care, self-love, being a therapist, and body image, and how yes. how you make sense of all of that. Like, I, <laughs> I have been... I've been bubbling over with excitement of like, I get to finally talk about this. This is amazing. And this is her first podcast. Yes. So welcome. You are now anointed into the world. Thank you. Of podcastry. You. Feels like a special moment. Happy to share it with you. It is. And, and she now has a sticker. I do. She does. I do. For those of you who don't know, I'm holding the sticker. She is holding the sticker. I'm in the circle. You're in the circle. So I actually run a Spitfire circle for business owners. So I did it last Tuesday. I do it once a month. And we all sit around this very table that you're sitting at. So that people have space to share, wow. to get inspiration, to get support. And it's been amazing. Like these ladies last week were just popping with ideas what? and connecting all different industries. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because it, you know, you, you work by yourself a lot. You also work for a company. Too? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, you know, when you're doing your own thing, it's very different than working with a so team. So different. Yeah so different. I honestly feel like, I felt like at one point it was nice to get the guidance out first. Mm -hmm. And now I just feel ready to just take off. Yeah. I'm like, thank you for the knowledge. Thanks for the setup. I'm ready to just do my own thing. You ready to launch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like the baby bird out of the nest. Yes. Yes. Flying away. <laughs> so, I mean, let's, let's talk about it. You are Miss Virginia. Yes. I'm Miss Virginia United States. Um, <laughs> so I won April 29th. So it's fairly fresh. Holy crap. <laughs> Not that fresh because in less than a month I leave to compete for Miss United <gasps> States. So it's like wow. no time, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, so walk me through what's the preparation process. So you win Miss Virginia. Yes. In the next month to month and a half, what are you doing to prepare? Yes, yeah, so I'm not, I've been competing in pageants for about almost four years, wow. man, but not like 24 seven, just on so the side. So you were one of those pageant kids, I like was on, on tiara, toddlers and tiaras. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of the taboo because I got involved in pageantry much later. Well, after even graduating from grad school, so even. what brought you into it? Because usually it's like, I'm working on my master's, I'm doing this, I'm yeah, doing this. Yeah, yeah, so my fiance's mom, 
actually approached me. She's the one who's coming today with oh, my okay. with my crown and sash because I forgot it. Um, <laughs> is that one of the roles you have to travel with sash? No, I just wanted to bring it just for kicks. I love um, it. <laughs> I, I'm going to try it on. That's why I brought it. Yes. <laughs> so you can try it on. It's, it's a, a, a officially official. Sweet. So um, I had just overcome actually a really traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, I'm originally from Massachusetts, and my family had experienced financial hardship. Mm-hmm. So all throughout undergrad and graduate school, I was homeless. Wow. Yeah. So throughout grad school and undergrad, I had been staying with different friends, mm-hmm. couch surfing. I did live on campus for some of undergrad, but I always had that anxious feeling like breaks coming up. How did you focus up. when you had all that anxiety and stress around? It was really stressful, um, but someone had told me that college was one of the best times of their life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that kind of stinks. I don't want to just be stressing about where I'm going to sleep, what I'm going to eat. Yeah, it's a real life thing. But Mm -hmm. while I'm here, I want to just take it all in. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's kind of weird to say, but that was the best time, but the most challenging time of my life at the same time. Because I was like, you know, I had that anxious feeling when Christmas break was coming up. Where am I going to stay? What friend's parent can I talk to? It was really, really stress provoking. But when I was on campus, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on these mission trips because I want to go volunteer. Mm -hmm. I don't have the money, so I'll raise the money to do it. I want to speak at Peace Jam conferences with Nobel Peace Prize laureates. I want to play the lacrosse. I want to be on the dance team. I want to yeah. do theater. I just did everything. Yeah. And I had so much fun. I made the best friends ever, but that was still a really pressing thing. So I was like, I just got to get through it. Let me just put all my attention mm-hmm. into my education, into these opportunities so that I can graduate with opportunities mm. to grow in my career. So that's exactly what I did. I just kept a positive mindset and nobody knew. Like no nobody on campus knew except for my closest friends. Really? Nobody knew. And I would tell them, they would be like, what? So was, did you openly share that or was there kind of like a holdback of, of sharing that with other people? It was a holdback because I just didn't want to take away from all the fun I was having, honestly. Yeah, you didn't want people to be like, oh, poor yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I just wanted to stay positive. I just knew it was temporary. I know that yeah. every situation is temporary. I'm going to stay positive. I had learned a lot about mindfulness, you know, creating your reality, doing affirmations. Mm-hmm. And when I did just, you learn that? In, in grad in school. school. I actually discovered uh, the book, The Power of Now. Yeah. That was like my introduction to it. Very cool. <laughs> so just staying in the present moment and it really helped me just to stay focused on what I wanted. So Amazing. I ended up graduating and had job opportunities, moved here. And my boyfriend at the time, his mom was like, why don't you try a pageant? It seems like it'll be fun for you. Get your spirits up. Because I was feeling a little down, you know, Mm -hmm. like just got to this really tough experience. I want to find some passion again. And I found pageantry. And that's how I got involved. Passion in pageantry. Passion in pageantry. Wow. And it was awesome because it was like I would set these little short-term goals for myself. Like, okay, I want to accomplish this with my fitness. I've always been into athleticism and working out. And, you know, after I graduated, I wasn't playing sports anymore. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, got a reason to work out now. I'm meeting people for doing more volunteer work. Mm-hmm. So it was like all the things that I enjoy doing, but in pageantry. And it was this big self-discovery for me. Wow. And when you compete, you got to present your passions and your interests. And I was able to connect with what I wanted out of life, present that to judges mm-hmm. and get more people involved. And it was awesome. Yeah. Cause when I, when I look at you, like, obviously you're gorgeous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but when I, when I talk to you, you have this energy of like, it's just inauthentic. And I think that that word is now overused and people don't actually know what it means, but like you are you. Yeah. And so many times you see people in pageants with the fake smile, with the fake teeth yeah. and the fake lashes and fake, 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 fake. Yeah. And then they're trying to speak about things that they really don't know much about. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking like when I do watch them on TV of like, 
who actually knows what they're talking about and really cares about it. Yeah. And I think that that's what's been missing from from the superficial side of it. Yeah, and 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 unfortunately it's a big biggest shit's not my mom. <laughs> a big disconnect I feel like with you know, pageants are not about com- being the girl who won last year mm-hmm. or being the person you look up to. It's great to look up to people, mm-hmm. but you got to present your They're best not self. You. Yeah, and you've got to get to know yourself to be able to do that. Yeah. So I was I was I brought this up in the Spitfire circle on Tuesday night. Um, because there's a lot of comparison that happens when you own a business or on Instagram Mm. where you look at people who seem like they're really successful and they're doing it and they've got this reach. And I said, so why are you trying to play by their playbook? Mm. What's your story? What are the rules that you want to throw out and recreate for yourself? So we created these superhero avatars based on their, what they're known for. That's so cool. And the light bulbs that went off after this, (laughs) it was like a lightning bolt that just struck the table. And I've been doing it with my clients now. Wow. So instead of trying to be the best like lawyer, the best doctor, the best um, writer, what what before you do that role are you at home with your friends, mm-hmm. with the people you care about most? Like when they go to you for a resource, what is it? Mm, that is, I, I bet you that was like this epic moment of everyone just putting all these ideas out there. Well, there was a lot of hesitation initially. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had them walk through it and talk about it because I mean. You don't know the people. You don't know if they're yeah. going to judge you. It takes time. So, mm-hmm. and and it's the first time someone's probably ever asked them. It's true. What what they're feeling most confident. Like I can name that stuff because I've worked on it and I'm confident in saying who I am. Yeah. But when you've kind of hid and played small, and then someone's asking you to play 100 percent you, mm. what happens when you put yourself out there and someone rejects you? That's powerful. It's true though. Yeah. And it's like getting past that barrier mm-hmm. so that you can truly connect with yourself in that moment. Yeah. For sure. But what I say to my clients is if you're not showing up 100% you, you're taking all your power away. Mm-hmm. Or if you're trying to be someone else, then you're showing up at 3% you and like 90% them. Yes. In a reflection of them. Exactly. This is mom. Oh, so the sash <laughs> and the crown is going this to be arriving. Mom. So <laughs> hello. We're going to have we're going to have a guest coming in bringing some goods. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to come meet you. All right, I'm going to go grab her. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is funny. Make sure you do your pageant walk on the way in. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> just everything. That's awesome. Now right. it's official. <laughs> now Miss Virginia has entered the room. Now I'm looking at this uh, this crown here. Yes. Is it heavy? It is. You can feel it. I mean, it may not Whoa. be challenging enough to do some squats with, wow. but it's That's, pretty heavy. I mean, that would that would create some stress in my neck. <laughs> Don't mind me. Please put it on. Oh my gosh, you look legit. Oh my goodness. It fits you well. <laughs> it suits me. I was like, should I go get my own crown? I've spit fired him for this. <laughs> you should. Wait, I'm even doing the wave. He's doing the wave. I'm doing the wave. I'm official. You're now. natural. I love it. It's so funny. I was the tomboy in school. Like, I never really dressed up, except I wore dresses with sweatpants on them because I thought they were really functional. Mm. But I was never like the, the. My mom never told me how to put makeup on or anything. So I. I just never did it. <laughs> but man, maybe maybe it's like the older version of me. Yeah. Does it? Okay. Maybe it's a side gig time. Ma- maybe. Because <laughs> you know I don't have enough going on. 
Awesome. So so this is recent. This is April 29th. April 29th. Crowndom. Yes. Crowndom. Crowndom. So, Sashem. April 29th. Sashem. So we have we have kind of veered off of the preparation of <laughs> Miss Virginia and we yes. kind of we kind of layered in your backstory. Yes. So yes. so from now until you leave, what is on your plate? Well, I'm in the gym. Okay. A lot because I actually had a really bad foot injury. So I couldn't even like work out much for stay. I put on heels for the first time in months at state and just was like I'm just gonna wing it and okay. do my best so and the gym but you know what for me it's a lot of mental prep mm-hmm. because I know we talk about you don't want to compare yourself to others but sometimes when you're feeling the pressure you kind of just instinctually do it yeah you go into survival so, mode yeah. and you start sizing up your threats yeah you know so I'm all about mindfulness meditating hitting my affirmations daily and just staying in, in alignment with what it is that I want mm-hmm. rather than the things that I'm nervous about so what do you want of course I want to win. So what does winning represent for mm. you? What does it give you? Yes. Well, for me, it just gives me extra added support from our organization because we're so charity focused mm-hmm. that whatever it is that our national winner is passionate about, you are supported 100% in whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's bringing forth the importance of mental health, self-care, and self-love. I've been doing workshops in the DMV. I saw it. Yes. Yeah. And I'd be able to do that nationwide, which would be amazing. I'm getting goosebumps on this. <laughs> like, your energy is electric. And if they don't choose you, obviously we need new judges and whatever. <laughs> so is the same criteria that you got judged on for Miss Virginia the same now for this next higher level? Or are they implementing new rules? Well, we don't have new rules. Okay. I know the America system does, but we don't have new rules. Okay. It's still going to be interview, evening gown, swim, onstage questions. So what's traditional in the sense of the categories, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's so much emphasis on personality. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always hear we want someone who is someone who's just likable or relatable, which mm-hmm. to me is if you just show your true personality, that most likely is going to fit the bill Mm -hmm. and it just depends on what they're looking for at the same time do you foresee future competitions kind of throwing the same weight around what miss america is doing i do in the sense i know usa took out swim for teens Mm -hmm. which i thought was really cool um they're doing sportswear okay instead so it's like still celebrating athleisure and yeah athleticism so i'm seeing bits and pieces of that Mm -hmm. um but I, at the same time, I know that the traditional parts of pageantry is still really embraced, mainly by the competitors. Yeah. So I've been hearing how a lot of girls who maybe aren't competing are like, yeah, I'm off work, but some girls who are competing are kind of disappointed. Mm. So I guess it depends on how you look at it. I still, I still think that there's plenty of things to celebrate in pageantry that have nothing to do with being on stage. I mean, that interview mm-hmm. is a really, really big part of any pageant that no one ever sees. Why don't, so why don't they, they show that? It's so personal. You yeah, know? but I think that that would further connect yeah. viewers and the message of what the pageant is all about. I mean, yeah. if you're having such an experience, see, that's why it's hard for like the population mm-hmm. who sees it of like, okay, so what does this mean now? You know, you're getting judged on a swimsuit, an evening gown, and in an interview question, yeah. but there's all this back end work that's going on to even qualify you. That there comes is, seen. and no one knows. And an interview would be a good a good snippet of it, but mm-hmm. there's still so much passion that these girls put into it that no one knows about. Yeah. So when I watched um, a few patch, I think Miss USA this year, and they show a little clip of their story when they're called on stage for mm-hmm. top fifteen, and you get to hear what everyone's working on. It's empowering. Yeah. But I just feel like we just need more attention around that. Yeah, around the passions and energy that we're all 
about bringing as contestants because people don't really realize that who just watch it on TV. Yeah, it's almost like there needs to be a separate channel maybe on social media that's that's yeah. doing this like a Facebook Live or something. Mm-hmm. They, we have enough technology to tell the whole yes, story. Yeah, so they kind of put that on us. So when you're preparing, it's important to like, not I'm not saying live on social media and be mm-hmm. unable to live without technology, but just bring people in a little bit to yeah. what it is that you're doing, what's meaningful to you. So mm-hmm. I've been spending a lot of time just bringing my phone with me to my mental health workshops, mm-hmm. giving people little snippets of what it is that I'm presenting mm-hmm. and how that can benefit women and really connect us all as a whole. So I try and take control of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. They want to give them everything, right. <laughs> but just a little bit so that people can truly connect it with whatever it is that you're passionate about. Right. So how do you balance what you do with therapy and mental <laughs> health with something that is full on judgment of your appearance? <laughs> I mean, we know we talk about personality, but like if you don't have your lashes on, you don't have your lipstick, your hair isn't done and, and your dress is a mess, you're not going to win. <laughs> So how do you yeah, how do yeah. you make sense of all of that of like you know yes I'm a good person and all of this and that yeah. but at the b- bottom line at the end of the day you're getting judged on your looks you're saying you got to have it all together is what you're saying yeah well it's like <laughs> you got to kill yourself at the gym like you got to have your figure together like I I know like when I was running a CrossFit gym I mm. felt an insane amount of pressure to look a certain way to perform a certain way to speak a certain way. And I wasn't even competing. Mm, yeah. I was just trying to run a business. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. For me, I went into pageantry with that mindset. Mm-hmm. I've got to look like this. I've got to fit into this box. And mm-hmm. you know what? I did not do well. Mm-hmm. Because when I got there, I was putting so much pressure on myself to squeeze myself into this box that just does not fit. Yeah. Maybe I'm like a circular kind of box girl, not a square. Maybe you're not a so, box at all. Yeah, maybe not. So... For me, it's just about bringing my best me. If my best fitness is a size 4 or 6 or 10, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm bringing. Because at pageants, everyone looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks amazing. Everyone is fit mm-hmm. in their own way. Mm-hmm. So what separates us? There's got to be something that separates one girl from the next. Mm-hmm. And that still has to do with what's in here. Yeah. So I know we put so much emphasis into the outside, into the makeup and all that. But you really got to have it all together inside. Mm-hmm to be able to share your story and be comfortable doing that, yeah. to be some kind of source of inspiration for others. Otherwise, we're just giving a crown to another pretty girl. Yeah, but I assume that you're kind of the anomaly in this, in the, in the pageant world. I mean, what do you think the overall mental health situation is when you talk about pageantry of girls who are doing this their whole life and then going into doing it in its, their identity? Yeah, that actually is kind of what prompted me a little bit more to really push my platform. Mm-hmm. I've been in a therapist for a few years now, so I'm not new to mental health. However, this is the first year that I really began to promote it for my platform because mm-hmm. I kept seeing little spurts of where there is a need. Mm-hmm. And pageantry gave me a taste of that because there's so much pressure that you put on yourself. And if it doesn't work out in the sense of you don't win, mm-hmm. it can feel devastating. Yeah. You know, it's not always easy to say, well, you know, I didn't win the crown, but I took all of these experiences and still made it my own. I still learned something. You eventually get there, but at the time it's difficult because yeah. you put your all. So it's important to stay grounded. And when I run my mental health workshops, I try and connect people with themselves within. Mm-hmm. So utilizing affirmations, not me telling you to say, I am beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have them literally make a wish list. What are three things that you want to change about yourself or work on within the next 30 days? Mm-hmm. It could be 
I want to be healthier. It could be I want to make more money or I want to be able to spend more time with family. Mm -hmm. And then we reframe that wish list to I am positive affirmations. And it's Mm -hmm. not easy to constantly stay in. When you're having a bad day, you're not thinking I am amazing. I am abundant. You're thinking I'm exhausted and I'm going to go home and take a nap. (laughs) And I'm sick of driving in this (laughs) horrible shot. Right. (laughs) And some chocolate or something. So it really is just putting the ball back on your court and teaching people that they can take control back mm-hmm. of their own lives, that you really are the manifester of your own reality. Yeah. And I try and remind people of that as often as I can. And I'm just using pageantry as a platform to get me to reach more and more people with that message. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like it would be so much more advantageous for people to do what you did, where it's like it's a celebration of who you've become rather than a representation of who you think you should be. Yes. Yes, it's very true. Because I look at these little kids, and I know that it is nowhere near comparison of what you're doing and what these kids are doing, but you see these parents who are essentially living out their own dreams or lack through their kids. And Mm. it doesn't just have to be through pageantry, but through sports, through academics, where it's like, you must be this. And the amount of pressure that these kids are facing, they don't know how to cope with failure. Yeah. So I see them coming out into the world, I used to do pro bono work for Grad Life Choices, which was um, a nonprofit that gave free coaching to underemployed and unemployed recent graduates. But I realized they don't need a coach. They need therapy. Yeah. They are in such deep, dark depressions that they can't get out of or see their way out of because they're in survival mode. So you can't look at options. And this is actually what I coach around is like, if you are in a constant state of stress, and you don't even see a light or a potential for any limitation on the time that you're in this, then I think you need different care. Yeah. As a coach, I'm not suited to do that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who keep people in the loop in order to support their own businesses. But I think it's so important for exactly what you learned uh, in school about mindfulness Mm -hmm. and getting that in elementary schools, getting it into middle schools of like, you are your own power driver of your destiny. Mm -hmm. You are not what your parents told you. Unless you agree with it. Um, You are not what your friends think you should be. You Mm -hmm. are your own person. Exactly. But we have all these other expectations and stressors and now social media with these messages. And no wonder these kids are coming out so confused and and desperate. And then you tack on student loan debts. And that's a whole different story. Yeah, literally, it's all about, so I work a lot with kids, Mm -hmm. of course, bringing this mindfulness, bringing the self-care into classrooms and teaching kids that you're not the weird kid in the class for seeing your school therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding self-care at an early age that by the time you become a professional in the working world, you're not feeling too afraid to ask for a mental health day, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like, no, I'm just going to take one. Because I need it. Well, you don't, even need, you don't even need to call it a mental health day. Like, you can say, I need time. Yeah. I need me time. For whatever it is that it is that you want to do. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's so important to spread that message. But just teaching people that there really is, like you said earlier, there is no box. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no expectation of what you should be. Connect with who you are, what it is that you want. And it's okay to be that. And I think sometimes we're just taught through institutionalized schooling our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And you get to the work world, you're working nine to five, and you're trying to fit into this regime of these expectations from your boss, from teachers, from family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, who said that that's the only way to go? Right. You know? There's so many options out yeah. there. Yeah. Especially these days. Oh, I'm all about taking now. social media back. What do you want to do? Heck yeah. Get your social media <laughs> out there, promote it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I used to dread doing social media. I used to dread Instagram and Twitter and now I'm just having fun with yeah, it. Same. Yeah. Like I'm just, I just use it to promote stuff and to bring ideas out and, and promote other people. Like one of our guests won 
a, uh, a pitch contest yesterday because their social media reach was so strong. Wow. They advanced to the final round. Sip City. Woo woo. <laughs> they actually sat in these chairs. So, cool. so they're 25 year olds that have started a beverage company and just like threw out the, the rule book of what mm. it means to be a business owner in the beverage industry. Wow. And they just have this effort attitude of like, why not? Mm. Who are we waiting per- for permission from? Exactly. Like, this is our, our life. Yes. But I, I feel like 2018, more so than ever, is that awakening time. That people are tired of being told what they should think and tired of feeling unhappy and, and discontent and frustrated. And it's like, you can make the your own positive change in your life. Yeah, it's so true. And it's important to find like a family of who supports you in that. A spitfire circle. Yeah, spitfire circle. (laughs) And I know we've talked about different pageant systems earlier, and that's why I like the United States system so much, because literally we have girls from eight and the Little Miss division all the way up to the Mrs. Mm -hmm. And the director is so careful about making sure that people, children are children. Yeah. You know, that they're still having that child experience. Yeah. I want to be mindful of what these children are exposed to, mm-hmm. of the experience that they're having at a national pageant. It shapes them. Yeah. Make sure that the girls who are they're looking up to, like mm-hmm. me and the other girls, are really representing well mm-hmm. so that they're not feeling mm-hmm. pressure to be something that's unattainable. Yeah. You know, or to be something that's not healthy for them. They're so mindful and appreciative of that, which is why I like it so much. Yeah. You know. So so after Miss United States, <laughs> what is next for you? Well, for me, I knew that there were so many other goals that I had. Um, and pageantry just kind of worked out where they kind of went hand in hand. But I still, whether it's as Miss United States or just as Miss Virginia or even after the fact, I still want to run my workshops nationwide. Yeah. I was just invited to work with the Association of Child Life Professionals to speak at their national conference Hell in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, about the importance of self-care and self-love just to bring people back in. Mm. We push ourselves so hard, mm-hmm. way too hard. For yeah. getting that rest is just as important as being ambitious. Oh my God, did you read my book? No, but it, you couldn't have. Am I speaking? Like, you are speaking my language. <laughs> the book is coming out. but So it's about the Spitfire tetrahedron. So in order to be a Spitfire, there are three key elements. In the same way, there are three key elements of creating a fire. So in a fire, it is fuel, energy, uh, I'm sorry, fuel, heat, and oxygen. Mm. In the Spitfire tetrahedron, it is passion, energy, and oxygen. Oh. The breath, which is self-care. Yes. Paying attention to that breath. Yes. Yes. And then the energy is, is it coming from you or is it coming from outside? Mm. Is it in reaction or is it proactivity from your passion and purpose? That's a great way to streamline self-awareness. Yeah. It really is. Because you say awareness and sometimes it's like a foreign language, but the way you just explain that makes it so attainable. Yeah. You know? Oh, and I've got a graphic for it. <laughs> oh, and I've wow. Got it. So, and people don't realize that it's like when, and, and then it's not just about that, but it's the, the dial up or the dial back. Mm. So the flame never goes away. Like you as a spitfire are always there, but you may have been covered up with other things or you may just need to rest. You may need to be incubation, but you could be at an ember, a flame or a blaze. Wow. And so it's a matter of like, is your blaze passion driven or is it reaction driven? And this is why a lot of movements don't last because it's in reaction to something. You know, it's in reaction to a bill or a law or an event, mm-hmm. and it's not about the positive format of that. And we see so much of that nowadays. So much. Yeah. So the, the, there's a shift that needs to happen where it's like, instead of being against something, be for something. Mm-hmm. So even when you're saying March for Lives, the underground message was being against the NRA, being against guns. Yeah. But 
in order to get the masses to shift with you, you have to not attack them because no one is ever going to shift their view if you're going after them. Yes. They're immediately defensive. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not unity. It's not. Yeah. But I think a lot of people first think that I need to make everyone think that I'm right. And that's actually a catabolic and stress-based reaction. So instead of like speaking from you, I'm just expressing who I am and you're either on board or not. My expectation is not to change your mind. Letting go of judgment, essentially. Letting go of judgment and expectation. Yep. But so many people go into a conversation expecting to have an outcome from someone else. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why things didn't go well. Yeah. That thought process of just being judgment-free can make any day an amazing day. It's so true. But so hard yeah. to get to. I mean, I still am judgmental. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I got snark for days. <laughs> oh, my God. I just got called out on road rage earlier today. I was Did driving really? my boyfriend to the airport, and I was like, why do you think you can just get in my lane? Do you think that your presence is more important than me? <laughs> But you were aware. Oh, I was totally aware. So there aware. you go. I was totally aware. And I, and I totally used the New Jersey excuse of why I did it. I was like, I'm from New Jersey. I can do this. <laughs> He's like, you know that you would be telling me to calm down if I was doing the same thing. <laughs> I was like, yes, but you're from Virginia. You should be polite. <laughs> Come on. Jersey, Virginia. Jersey, Virginia. So, I, don't drive, I don't even have a car anymore. I just drive his car when he needs me to. So it's probably a good reason why I don't have a car. Right. More of a peaceful life. That's it. More stress less, less things to manage yeah. and all that. You're so right. Yeah. So I, I have this vision for you that you're going to have a mega sponsor approach you to facilitate these workshops. That would be amazing. If you could manifest that sponsor, who's your ideal company that you align with? Hmm. It's hard because one of my other biggest objectives this year is to go completely independent. Oh, okay. And just be that sponsor myself. Then, then maybe it's it's your <laughs> organization of awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, winning Miss United States would be pretty awesome because well, I, I would that, have that might so be much it. support. Do you yeah. get, like, your own bus? Do you get, like, your own? Yeah, but maybe I can, like, put a request in or something. I think that would be great because, like, then you can just do your tour and not yeah. have to fly or anything. And That would be nice. Yeah. But I kind of enjoy flying. Do you? Yeah, it's kind of peaceful. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm just above everything. But you I'm haven't had your own tour bus. No. I mean, my own tour bus would be pretty awesome. I, I think we need to Less put that lines. in. Put that on the universe. Yeah. Put it out there. <laughs> Manifest. You need it. to have like your whole Manifest slogan it. and like yeah. people are driving by and like, yeah, I feel even more positive. I love peace rage. and harmony <laughs> from Andromeda Peters. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so true. That would be amazing. My other thing um, that I'm working on is my dad and I are writing a father-daughter book together. <gasps> you are. Yes. Do yes. you have a title for it? Not yet. Okay. Um, so my dad is transgendered. Awesome. So uh, it's actually my mom who's now my dad. Okay. And what we wanted to do was really express what our experiences have been like together. Yeah. Um, and it's not in the sense that we want to have all this energy because my dad is trans. It's the sense that this is a long journey that so many other people yeah. can relate to. And there's just not a lot out there to really guide people and walk them through this major transition yeah. for families, for individuals. So. Just normalizing that, normalizing that experience so that it's not as taboo. I read this book when I was um, an undergrad. I used to work in the library as a work study, so I was always surrounded by books called Heather Has Two Mommies. And Mm -hmm. I was reading it, and I'm like, this is pretty awesome. It really teaches kids that having any kind of family is totally okay. And we want to give people that same exact message. So we're working on that together as well. And my dad's also a psychiatric nurse and a mental health speaker. So we see eye to eye in a lot of different things. but. I just want people just to feel like 
everything about them is normal. Yeah. Because I can give you so many different things that make me unique. At one point made me feel alienated and mm-hmm. now I embrace all of it and life feels so much lighter. Yeah. Where do you think your fire came from? That's a good question. I bet I can give you a few different experiences. My parents have always said that I was like a three-year-old with fire. Mm-hmm. I was such a fiery toddler. But I think when I became aware of it was probably in college. In college, I was asked to mentor at this conference called Peace Jam. Mm-hmm. And it's a nationwide conference. They go from coast to coast every year. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of middle school students through high school, college students who are presenting some kind of project, whether it's environmental, mm-hmm. whether it's for some kind of political movement. And we always invite um, Nobel Peace Prize laureates to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, my first really invigorating experience where I just watched these 12-year-olds. I'm like 18 at the time, going up on a podium, speaking about their passion. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go up there right now. And I kept getting up and sitting back down like, okay, I'm going to go up there right now. Then finally... Another 12-year-old was like, get up there. I saw you, you know, get up you and had a down. 12-year-old Just, hype, a 12-year-old hyped me up. <laughs> and I got up there and I spoke. I don't even remember what I talked about. Yeah. I can't remember, but that was the first moment where I was like, I am speaking to hundreds of people yeah. and I'm speaking about something I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I forget the topic at the time because I spoke every year after that. So yeah. every year was a different topic. And that's when I really fell in love with speaking, mm-hmm. just speaking to crowds, speaking to an audience, and just having them just tap into themselves and watching them do it. I did an appearance where I had an entire classroom of little girls yelling, I love myself. And it was awesome. Oh. It was the most awesome thing. And that's what I want people to walk away feeling whenever they hear me speak. That's what I really want. That's amazing. Yeah. So what would you say is your Spitfire superpower? Hmm. <sighs> I guess as a therapist, it should be listening. Listening, I'm a very good listener. But I would also say, mm, validation, but not in the typical sense of I understand how you feel, mm-hmm. but validation in the sense that, yes, you had this experience, but aren't you so much more than that? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it was. So I run a lot of trauma groups for people who've overcome traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And the things that we talk about are pretty heavy sometimes. And when you go from processing in a trauma group to just, okay, I'm going to go home and go back to work, back home to my family, it's hard to just switch that back on and get back in. So we spend a lot of time just sitting in that, yes, it was an awful experience, Mm -hmm. but you are not that experience. And I know firsthand because I was, you know, a homeless girl in college, but I wasn't a homeless girl in college at the same time. Yeah. Nobody knew that. I wasn't going to identify with that and limit myself to that. Yeah. I was not that experience. That experience made me mm-hmm. because it gave me this sense of this sense of just invigorating power. Yeah. Where I was like, I can just do anything and rise above any situation. Yeah. And I want to leave people feeling the same exact way. It's almost like that experience, like... It- it, there was this friction that created the spark even more. So even yeah. though you had all this stuff going on, like you couldn't see the full extent of it yeah. until you were pushed into this place of conflict. Of it's like, true. What do you want? Do you want to be a victim to this or do you want to rise above it? They say pressure makes a diamond. They do. <laughs> but, I, but I think it's also like a volcano of like, you yeah. know, you got all this pressure underneath and at some point, you know, it either goes dormant or it explodes yeah. in some way. And some people explode in a very beautiful way that's yeah. true to them and other people explode and make a mess of things. That's true. You, you can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I remembered was that 
I'm in control. I may not be able to control the circumstance, mm-hmm. but I can control my outlook. Yeah. And I'm a strong believer in you get what you receive. Mm-hmm. Like the universe conspires in a way to make things happen for you with mm-hmm. what you put out there. Yeah. I could have just sat there and wallowed in that experience. And, and which I'm not saying I didn't have those moments. I'm human. You know, yeah. I had those moments, but I was like, but you know, I don't want to stay here. Yeah. I don't want to sit here. And that's what kind of also pushed me into my career as a therapist. I don't want anybody else to feel like they have to sit there. Yeah. I'm a therapist, but I don't want people to need me. Yeah. I want to help people. <laughs> yeah. You know, help people be able to tap into their own happiness on their own eventually. Yeah. They just might, might need like help and the tools to be able to do it. It's so interesting that you said it because I actually deal with people who are on the flip side where they have uncomfortable things happen to them and they want to move through them really quickly yeah. rather than sitting in it. Yes. Like I actually encourage people to sit into the discomfort. Yes. And like ask, what is this really about? So when the fear comes yes. up, I, I explain it like that is your flag waving of what you need to pay attention to yeah so what is the fear asking you what does it need you to pay attention to because mm-hmm. that's what's happening is you don't you haven't taken the time to address it yeah and it's there to remind you it's not there to hold you back it's there to remind you what you need to focus on exactly it's it's I believe that's the inner guiding tool mm-hmm. you know um that sense of intuition I do this exercise which is kind of similar where I have clients um create some kind of symbolism for that emotion. Mm -hmm. So for me, I like to use animals, being an animal lover. So for example, my animal for anger is, I think it's a dark gray wolf. Mm -hmm. So when I I go into meditation and I'm literally sitting with this beautiful dark gray wolf and I'm asking her why she's here. Mm -hmm. I love that you made it a woman. I did, yeah. (laughs) You know, you have to. (laughs) I'm asking her why she's here. Yeah, I'm asking her what she needs. Mm And if I don't get an answer, I just literally just sit with her. Yeah. And it's just there. So I help people do that. Find something that they can, yeah. you know, um, feel some kind of connection yeah. to so that they can begin to feel normalized in their feelings. You don't have to feel anything. Mm-hmm. And every emotion is okay. And being okay with that, but also being able to integrate that too. Yeah. And the other thing is like, you know, as kids, I feel like we only dealt with one emotion at a time. Yeah. And as adults, yes. we're dealing with like four or five and they're all a mixed bag. And yeah. I, I get into places where I know that I'm frustrated. It actually happened today. So I get very defensive when... Um, I'm excited about something and my boyfriend will ask me a question about it where he's like, what about this? He's very risk averse, (laughs) but I immediately go into defensive mode of like, I need to protect my joy and he's trying to protect my joy in a different way. Uh And so I just paused and I said, I need to process this. I need to understand what is getting triggered within me because it's always something, but we immediately go into the defensive of like, I'm mad at you. I need this to happen and to change instead of sitting with it of like, what is bugging you right now? Mm Mm-hmm. Because when you try and repress it, it doesn't just seem to make it worse. Fester. Yeah. yeah, it feels really icky too. Yeah. And I don't like being mad at people or doing that, but I I also don't do well if everyone's my cheerleader. Like yeah. I do need to have that constructive feedback and we all do. Yeah. But I'm like, true. just let me be really excited right now because I had a great meeting earlier today. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't even put anything on paper. Just let me be excited. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing right. is a done deal. I don't need you to go and swap let me just analysis. Sit in this right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. So the, the whole idea of sitting with, with the animal is similar to what we do in coaching, which is your gremlin. So it's mm-hmm. identifying your earliest memory of when you didn't feel like you were enough yeah. and labeling that. So for me, it's the little girl because for some reason in my life, whenever I've been checked, people have pointed at me and called me a little girl and checked mm-hmm. my experience, my education and my power. Wow. 
So now I'm like, yeah, I'm the little girl. I'm highly concentrated. Deal with that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, yes, and I will look forever young. You'll never know how yeah, old I am. That's right. And I'm still going to shock you every time. <laughs> but I think once you can see where, where that first memory was, it helps you to reconstruct it and reframe it in a way. It'll still pop up. And I think that's the key thing because yes. there's so many self-help books that are out there. Yeah. And people are like, I've read this book. I'm so inspired. And I'm like, I give it two weeks until you're back doing what you did. That's what happens. Every time. That's what happens. You have to connect with the root, like what you just described. Always. You know? Always. And so my book is about the philosophy, the storytelling of application, but then the exercises that you need to work on and the aftercare to implement it into your mm -hmm. life. Because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you're a badass, but now what? Yeah. My friends told me, you need to write the now what book. I like that. The now what. It's true. Yeah. I kind of mentioned that my platform, because I know it focuses on mental health, but mm -hmm. particularly with women who've overcome traumatic events, and you know, the whole time's up and the Me Too movement, and my thing is, well, what happens next? Yes. I like that we can talk about it, but there's a next step that has to happen that we as a whole have not talked about, and I can't just be one therapist. Well, you got you, know? <laughs> you got a coach joining your, your mission if you need it. Well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> we got to fire people up into yes, it, because I think the, the most powerful emotion that's out there and I don't even know if anger is an emotion I feel like anger mm -hmm. is like a response of an emotion that's there yeah and it's it's the it. immediate reaction mm -hmm. but there's nothing of like okay so what do you actually want yeah I'm actually working with a client right now who has a lot of rage going on from a similar me too incident yeah and there's a lawsuit that's now getting cleared up and I said so what's next for you and she can't even see her way out of it because people are in this clouded one way or no way vision but if you actually like step back and say, what is it that you want to create a new chapter for yourself? Exactly. Because you can continue to be the angry woman. You can call it feminism. You can call it whatever you want. But how long do you want to sit with that nastiness in you? And don't you deserve to have happy experiences? Don't you deserve to not feel punished, to not feel repressed for the rest of your but life? But I feel like people have incorporated that into their identity. Yeah. So if they're no longer the angry, passionate protester, then who are they? Yeah. They're the proactivists, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's like activism has become reactivism. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was good. That is good. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> proactivism. Like what are we acting towards mm -hmm. and how can we create the groundswell to support that rather than using movements to attack things? Yeah, I agree because we just hype each other up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but it's going to die down and then we're going to be left with the same issue. Same that we're marching about to begin with. Yeah. And I want to help people to heal. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to do. That's it. You know, but like you said, it's making sure that you can find your identity outside of that experience. If you are using a label or an ism to define yourself, mm -hmm. you have not found yourself. Yeah. And I know I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying that, but like, who are you as an individual? Yeah. Cause like, I can't sit down and have dinner with you. I don't care what your belief system is. If all you're doing is, is spitting out isms to me. Yeah. Cause that means that you're regurgitating what someone else has told you. Exactly. exactly. Like my sister became a vegan. I had to stop talking to her because it was all veganism. Mm. The books she read, the documentaries. I was like, so how are you? Yeah. I'm not eating meat. I, I get that. We've already addressed that. Yeah. Are you eating meat? Okay. <laughs> and, here's the thing, and I'm a vegan, but I'm not going to push it down. Here. I'm going to let you enjoy your, your cream pudding. I'm going to let you enjoy your pizza. That's fine. Because it's not about you. Yeah. It's, it's just, honestly. <laughs> it's a choice. And it, it's just a personal choice. Yeah. And that not, has nothing to do with who I am. None of it does. Yeah. No experience. That's the other thing. It's like 99.9% like .9 of the things that are happening have nothing to do with you. Mm. 
nothing and people are like it's happening at me this is happening to me that's why it's so important i always i also help people kind of map their environment right mm-hmm. so what we were talking about earlier how when you're in alignment with whatever that i am positive affirmation is how do you continue to stay there and guide yourself yeah. there and i talk about just making sure that you're cleaning up the air around you mm-hmm. um the things that you're eating if you don't feel good after eating it yeah stop yeah. Take a chill pill. If you don't feel good after watching the news, don't watch it before bed or right when you wake up. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to, you know, stay up to date with what it is that's going on. Yeah. If this conversation with these coworkers isn't making you feel good, why be a part of it? You have a choice. Yeah. Decline the invitation. If you're going to go to this horrible, you know, event and that's not going to make you feel great, mm-hmm. don't do things that don't make you feel great, especially when it's in your control. Yeah. But there's so much embedded into like who they're supposed to be as a good employee, as a good friend, as a good sister or daughter. Yeah. They got to show up. Yeah. Um, and there's some things that you can't decline that you have to go. Yeah. And I actually have an exercise in the book where it's to map out your daily experience and yes. like either the people you encounter, this is the, the example is the people you encounter, but you could do it exactly with food. And so you do three pluses down to three minuses mm-hmm. and next to each one you grade it. And so you can actually see where your energy is charged up or where it's declining. I like that. So then you can actually add up like how many, how many things are adding to your day and how many are taking away. So you can actually look if you're in energy depletion or expansion for the I day. I like that. And that's another good way to streamline it mm-hmm. to make it so it's more attainable in day-to-day life because yep. it's so true. Yeah. There's some things that we can't control, but the things that you can, make that your self-care. Yeah. You I know? think there are a lot more things that people can control. They just there is. don't want to make that decision. Yeah. Because there's consequences. It puts the ball back in your court. Yeah. It's so much easier to be like, oh, this is happening to me. It's right. my boss. It's, mm-hmm. it's my boyfriend. I have to do this. Yeah. You know, I have to live up to this. I've been friends with her for 12 years. Yeah. No, she's toxic. Let her go. Yeah. And to be okay with that. Yeah. Literally, what, it, what you're feeding yourself plays a role in every experience you have. And mm-hmm. we think it's not that big of a deal. But it is. It's everything. Yeah. The shows that you watch, what you read, mm-hmm. what movies you spend your money to go out and see. Mm-hmm. What club and bar are you going to where you're going to get pushed around and shoved and you're not going to feel great when you leave, mm-hmm. but you're going to spend money and do it again the next weekend anyway. Yeah. You know? Because you're supposed to. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the thing is like when you start to become more aware of that, your yeah. whole environment starts to change, which can be a, a painful process if you're not prepared for it. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing of like when you're ready to make shifts and changes, know that everything will yes. start to change. No change is easy. No. That's one thing I will say, but you got to be willing to change first. Well, none of the change that matters. Like yeah. if it's easy change, then like you're kind of playing it safe. Yeah. But the, the change that you know you need to make, and I, I say this to my clients of like, what you avoid most is exactly what you need to do. Mm. So why are you avoiding it? Exactly. And it always puts you in check. You're like, man, mm-hmm. this happened. But you know what? Last week I should have done this, mm-hmm. but I didn't do it. Yep. You know, it's kind of like when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, I don't want to get up. It's 5 a.m. But if I don't get up now, I'm not going to have that morning meditation and that quiet time. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it doesn't feel good to get up. But I'm then I feel meditate. amazing after. <laughs> yeah. And it sets my whole day off on the right foot. Awesome. Yeah. So the second part of the question <laughs> is what is your kryptonite? Ooh. For me, that's a good one. It's so hard. I feel like I have a lot of kryptonite in my life. You can have more than one. Okay. Mm. I was talking about food earlier. Food's your kryptonite? It is. But it's also your fuel. It's my is there fuel, a specific f- food? But it's also my kryptonite. So I have so many food allergies. It's me not too. even funny. So, you know, so like I have a gluten sensitivity. Me too. But I just love bread. It's so hard. Um, 
And also, I can, I'm can i obsessed with the Marvel and DC comics, and I can literally spend hours. Did you see The Last Avengers? I did. Okay, I was on a podcast yesterday, <laughs> and like we were all about Spider-Man and talking about the Avengers. <laughs> really funny. This has been like the superhero week. Yeah. And then even the ones that come on Netflix, like the show. I just finished DC Legends. Flash is on Netflix. I watched three episodes last night. Oh my God, you night. need to talk to my boyfriend on his <laughs> podcast because he is obsessed. Oh my god! I'll hook you up with that. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's funny. amazing. I watched three, and, and the episodes are like an hour long. But I, I bet you could just put them on Netflix and then just get on the treadmill and and I could, but I also don't. But I, but I could. But you could. There's an option. It'd be you less merge. kryptonite-ish if yeah. I was on the treadmill awesome. <laughs> while watching them. Awesome. That's definitely what it is. I mean, I. You know, my self-care game is so important, and that's a big part of it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, watch my favorite shows. I'm also very artistic, so I love having that creative self-expression, too. So, you know, it's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Well, I want to thank you for... You, you trucked down, at, like, <laughs> D.C. rush hour Right time. from the therapy office to come here. <laughs> she came sash and all with the crown. I got to wear it. I can't wait to put a picture up with it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Got to try the sash on too. Fantastic. <laughs> so, Miss United States, when is when is that airing? It is July second through July seventh. I don't have the link yet, okay. but I'll let you know. Let so me know. That, yes. We got to cheer her on. Yes, please do. Got to represent Miss Virginia and Drummond Peters. Woo woo! She's gonna win. <laughs> um, and if people want to check out your mental health workshops, where should they go? Go to my Instagram page at Andromeda Peters or at Self Love Therapist. I'm always posting flyers of when my next one is, what time it'll be. I do a lot in D.C. and Virginia. So come check it out. It's not open to just women. Okay. So anyone can come. But it's really all about empowering women to love themselves, making sure that they have the right self-help techniques down. And they also get safety tips because a police officer comes in and teaches us how to be aware of our surroundings and not look over our shoulder all the time. I got to hook you up with our other guest that we had, um, LJ Sam. Who is a criminologist and she teaches self defense? Um, that would be awesome. She started Keep It Sting. So I will. I would uh, love that. Yeah, I'll hook you up. <laughs> All of my circles collide. Yay! Yeah, I love way. that. And I'm happy to be in the circle. Yeah, Spitfire. <laughs> Fantastic. So check her out. I'll have the links up on the yes. show notes. And I can't wait to cheer you on. And thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> thank you. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the episode today with Andromeda Peters. Isn't she freaking awesome? Make sure that you tune in and cheer her on for Miss USA. We'll have the link up in our social media. We can't wait to cheer her on. And make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the Spitfire Podcast on Apple Podcasts or SpitfirePodcast.com. Stay tuned. We release shows every Monday morning at 8 a.m. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome.